Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Highly Functional. This is Brianne Showman, and I am joined again today by Dr. Matthew Perry. Matthew and I took a deep dive today into recurring running injuries, and more specifically, ways to assess yourself to figure out if it's actually a recurring running injury or if something else might be going on. Whether you are an athlete, a clinician, or a coach, I think you'll find this conversation highly valuable. So let's tune in. Matthew Perry, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Hey, Brianne. I am doing uh, good. A lot better than I was the, uh, several weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> By the time the, the podcast gets released, it'll probably be a month or so. But I, uh, uh, I, I don't even want to say caught COVID. I feel like COVID caught me. <laughs> finally <laughs> and it's so funny in different areas we have all these different waves of it right and uh we are peaking here in san diego and i've <laughs> uh, gone a couple two and a half years you know without any uh you know close calls but no no cigar and finally got the cigar i guess <laughs> <laughs> it found you <laughs> it found me <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and I'm glad we were able to work this out since we had to postpone it a week or so. Yes, yes, I know. Um, I love getting on the podcast, talking with you, you know, about the important things. Missed it because it's been a, a minute, but uh, we're here. <laughs> that we are. Well, let's dive in. I know um, you had mentioned before we hit record about um, a topic I essentially love talking about near and dear to my heart. And that is running injuries. Um, but specifically talking about like when these running injuries are recurring, like, is it something we need to like overreact about because it's like, Oh crap, it's happening again. Or is it something that's like, Oh, is it different than what it was before? Cause now I'm addressing things. And there's a lot of avenues that we can take and things that happen with that. Um, I'm going to have you, to start this, have you kind of share the story that's happening with um, someone you're working with right now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, and, you know, let, let me start and preface this, because sometimes I go a little bit too hard into this, you know, um, and of course, the, obviously, the, the answer with all of this is it depends. It depends person to person, you know, um, you know, is, is your re-injury in the same exact spot that you have, or perception of re-injury? In the same exact spot that you've had previous injuries, you know, um, that's something that's obviously a big deal, you know. Um, we, uh, but you know, our our bodies are so, and I'm going to get into this in a second, but like our bodies are so amazing that we are able to to run through things, to to do a lot of things, you know, without any kind of injury, right? And when we get those aches and pains, our body is great at kind of, you know. Um, conflating things and by conflating I mean you know I'm sure you've had that patient who you know has that um, uh, 10 out of 10 pain on something um, they get down to maybe a 1 out of 10 but they say Brian it still hurts you know and it hurts like it used to I'm like well hold up <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, we were at a 10 and now we're at a 1 <laughs> Yes, it still hurts, but that's a huge difference. But, you know, our, our brains don't always, you know, kind of compute that. It's binary. It hurts or it doesn't hurt. So, you know, with uh, this particular person, 
you know, uh, runner, you know, uh, loves, uh, you know, as a hobbyist, as a runner, not a competitive runner or anything like that. For a lot of uh, their life, they've had these um, recurring uh, calf injuries, and they've been on, on one side or the other, sometimes both, sometimes neither, sometimes, you know, it's this this thing. And, um, you know, uh, he came and saw me. He's really willing to make a change, uh, which I love. Um, and And we were working together. And we were doing some single leg stuff because he was doing great on a single leg for so long. And uh, then he got a calf strain. And, of course, the first thing that came to his mind is, oh, my gosh, this is happening again. And me as the clinician, you know, has to be that Sherlock Holmes, if you will, to, to you know, really objectively look at the situation and determine, is it this same situation or is it a different situation and um, you know now we have to deal with the psychological aspects of that which I'm sure we can circle back to um, you know with this particular person it seemed you know um, similar but not the same the recovery was quicker the um, uh, symptoms were slightly different and you know I deduced it to being possibly a different injury um, but of course, how, how do we explain that to someone who's had these recurring issues in similar areas, right? That's the, that's the biggest, I guess, million dollar question on this. Um, yeah, I want to know your thoughts on, you know, a scenario kind of like that. I'm sure you've seen this in the past. Absolutely. And, you know, I think a lot of that just kind of, when we're getting these re-injuries or new injuries, when, you know, return to running, return to activity, that sort of thing, I think there's a lot of things that need to be, um, analyzed, questioned, asked, um, all the above. And, you know, I'm not where I always start is like, is the pain in the same location, same feel like, or is anything different? Cause if it's different, we're probably dealing with something else. The other thing I always will dive into someone is like trying to get an, an ex, like a good description of what they're feeling, because sometimes as we're getting back to activity, especially if we're changing how someone's moving, how someone's running, changing the joint mechanics, changing muscle pattern firings. Muscles start getting sore, achy, fatigued because they aren't used to being worked like that before. So we're now just dealing with, oh, my muscles are doing something they haven't done in maybe 20, 30 years. And they're just responding to that rather than, oh, I have a new injury. So I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked when these situations happen to really break down or start breaking down what is going on with the body. Yes. I mean, you know, I absolutely. And that's like, you know, really getting hyper, hyper focused on this particular client, you know, on, on our particular client's situation, because not all runners are equal. Right. You know? Um, and so, you know, I, I see the value in, you know, some of these kind of bigger, you know, kind of, app-based, you know, running programs and things like that. And there can be a lot of similarities. But when you're talking about injury, you know, we have so many different factors besides even the tissue that's at fault um, that, that, that we have to work around and work with. Um, so, yeah, you know, absolutely, you know, is this, a, yeah, getting hyper-focused is the same exact thing? Or is this, hey, our muscles are, like you said, working in ways they probably haven't worked, you know? Um, a lot of people have overloaded, um, you know, uh, tibialis posteriors or maybe underworked tibialis posteriors, which control the underfoot of, uh, you know, in your arch. Um, 
because you know they've they've had overworked and underworked other adjacent areas, mm-hmm. and so now we wake that up, and that can mimic mimic pain, right? And uh, you know, it's I guess it's up to us, you know, and, and what I love doing is working on the pain science aspects of things, and uh, really parsing out bad pain versus good pain, because you know in America we have a pretty unhealthy relationship with pain. I've found. <laughs> You've discovered? <laughs> yes, I am the first person to discover this. <laughs> uh, no, and that's really true. And I think, you know, you need a good, somebody needs a good awareness of their body to really understand what they're feeling and if it's a bad or good thing. Because absolutely, there is definitely pain that it's a bad thing. It needs to be addressed. You need to take care of it. Um but then there's also the pain that's like, you know what? The muscles are just working differently. Or they, you went for a 10-mile run and you probably haven't ran more than five miles at a time. And so you probably flared some things up and maybe they just need a couple days to back down or calm down and that sort of thing. And they're like, no pain is equal. And it really does take some detective work to really figure out like what's going on and what needs to be done about it. And, and I thought that was a perfect, perfect... Um you know, uh, example is that person who has, who typically, you know, can only run one or five miles due to pain. They now are able to run 10 miles and they get pain or maybe get the same exact pain or whatever the case is. It's like, okay, well, we've doubled or 10 X your previous load, um, which we would probably advise our clients. Don't do that. That's not (laughs) what I advise. (laughs) But, you know, hey, people get overzealous, and I, I'm always into poking the bear, as they say, <laughs> and seeing, seeing what happens. Um, yeah, you've significantly increased your load. You have probably matched or slightly exceeded your capacity to handle that load. And now, um, now we have the same pain. But that's a good thing because we can now run 10 miles with, you know, equal to or, or less pain, right? And obviously the end goal is to get to... 10 miles at zero, but I guarantee if they can run 10 at same pain, then they can run now one or five without pain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we kind of have to be those, those people to look at things objectively. Cause again, you know, as I said before, and that's why I prefaced it, you know, our brains are so good as uh, you know, binary it's, it's black or it's white, <laughs> you know, it's, it hurts or it doesn't hurt. And it's like, well, this is huge gray area of spectrum that 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 influences things um you know uh, but you know the other thing we have to play to of course is the you know they i'm sure you've talked about it before with different people the biopsychosocial aspects of pain right mm-hmm. it's not just the biological which is the tissue it's now this person saying oh gosh this is happening again you know and what are the implications of that right because mm-hmm. they're they're now zoomed back to 20 years ago last time it hurt and you know they they couldn't run for a year you know yeah you know i see that a lot especially i just thought recently in um one of my facebook groups that someone's like flared up the achilles on the opposite side of the injury from years ago but she's like i know exactly what i did she's like i was just doing something stupid and it flared up and then like a couple of days later she put a post up like almost kind of in that catastrophizing state of mind and i was just like you just said you just flared it up recently. You know what you did. Like, 
are the exercises that you gave were given before for your other injury not helping? She's like, oh no, they're, I'm doing them, they're helping. So I think sometimes when we do re-injure it, especially if an injury has been going, you know, if we had that injury for a year before you found the answers for it, like it can be scary to have something flare up again. Absolutely. And that's where, you know, um, you and I in establishing trust with our clients to kind of be that person to dispel, you know, some of that, you know, you know, hold their hand in a time of need, um, being like, no, you know, this is different or, Hey, you have a coach now, you know, you have someone to help, help you through this where you didn't have that previously. I think it's just so tremendously important. Mm -hmm. I'm curious on your thought process with it. I know what mine is obviously. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's in my head. (laughs) Um, Going back to that example, as far as someone can now run five miles pain-free, but when they get to 10 miles, they start having pain. What's your theory or thoughts on why, like what's happening that now allows them to run further, but they still have pain at that distance? Yeah. Uh, so, so theory wise, you know, it kind of goes back to kind of my core foundations and that's uh, what I call tissue tolerance, right? Um, things hurt, things tear, things happen adversely because our body could not, our tissues couldn't handle whatever load was placed on it. And that could be due to imbalances and compensations and a lot of different things. But, um, uh, you know, they have, you know, going back to that kind of load versus capacity, I think that's the most like, you know, uh, such a great um, example, you know, is, you know, their capacity through the progressive exercises, through building back into something, whatever, um, have significantly increased their capacity because most people come to me after not doing a lot (laughs) for some time. Our people are very smart. You know, they've gone on YouTube, they've, you know, iced, (laughs) (laughs) you know, done some of those things, but most of those things meant significantly decreasing what they were doing before. And so now that they have the ability to, uh, to do more, their body's like, oh, I might have been a little nervous to do that, but hey, you know, I, I could. And most of them probably wanted to do seven, and seven was seven miles was probably the adequate thing, but they did ten, and now they <laughs> hurt. <laughs> Truthfully, but uh, I love having those clients, right? You know, who we have to kind of reel back and pull back, as opposed to, you know, um, in in traditional medicine, have to be kind of pulling. Uphill and be like, oh, we can do this. We could do this. I, I love having those other clients. Unless I kind of answered the question or not, but no, you did. I was just kind of curious on your thoughts um, on that. And I, they go. You word it differently, but it kind of goes in the same line for me. Um, like usually, when I see that, my, what I always ask myself then is, where? All right, they got five. They're having pain at ten. Like at what point is that breakdown now occurring before it was probably that like technique breakdown, muscle endurance breakdown, whatever breakdown was happening, was happening at say like two or three miles. Well, now it's probably happening at like seven to eight. So now you're not having pain until 10. So um, like where I always view it is all right, cool. Like we've gained the strength, muscular endurance, power, all the things to increase our distance, but now we're still getting it to a point where it's like, okay, the body's still fatiguing out and, something's breaking down and just, and finding that out. So, um, it goes along the same lines as, as you, I just kind of think about it a little bit in a different way. No, I mean, I, I love that. Like, you know, 
it seems like kind of your philosophy is was like this whole, um, you know, when do typical athletes in traditional sports get injured the most? It's typically in the fourth quarter, right? You know, it's at the end of the game or, you know, second half, whatever sport you play. Um, you know, it's the the last two miles of your marathon. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, uh, you know, that's when the form deteriorates, that's when everything. And so we have to have this progressive overload, which is another term, you know, um, fancy way of, you know, saying that we have to essentially train train for five quarters if we're only playing four, train for three halves if we're playing two, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, that doesn't always correlate directly, in my experience, to running. You know, we're typically not running 30 miles to run 26, you know, but it's um, uh, uh, still having having that, that technique at 85, 90% mm-hmm. at that, you know, end, you know, um, as opposed to it being 20%. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and that might happen, you know, like I, if you're a competitive athlete and, you know, you have an event, hey, you might have to really poke the bear and push the limits of your body during that last little bit to, to accomplish the, the thing, you know, you don't want to stop and not place, you know, in a metal round or whatever. Right. So it, it's, it all depends. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, even myself, I do, I, you know, that's kind of what I, what I do with my training and competitions and what I suggest people is like, well, I push through some, obviously discomfort is one thing of just like, hard workout but while i push through like pain in a training session absolutely not like there's no reason to injure myself there if i'm in a competition will i push through it and then take care of it at the end of that event or whatever yes because like it's just a different there's a different purpose to it obviously if i think i'm going to absolutely like injure myself to a point that it's going to do like future harm. I won't do that, but like there's a time and a place to push through, through pain. And most times the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> for, for sure. I mean, I absolutely, and not, and that, that doesn't, shouldn't happen in practice. Um, and, and, you know, we have to weigh out the pros and cons of if it's even worth doing it in your event. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not a competitive CrossFit athlete and, you know, um, it's an in-house competition. <laughs> okay. Maybe, maybe we don't go for that max PR for the last thing, you know, but, um, but yeah, you know, it, it all depends. And, you know, it, it always gets me thinking like, you know, as far as recurring injuries and stuff, like, so a scenario for somebody, if, you know, brand you're, you know, after our podcast, you know, running out of here, going to see and help your clients, and uh, and you bang your elbow on your bookshelf. Ouch! That's going to like hurt a lot, right? <laughs> for for a little bit, might be a little sore. Might have to shake it out. But if you did it again in a month, you know, um, and you have the same kind of pain, would you ever call that a re-injury or re-exacerbation? You know, I, I would say most of us wouldn't, right? Or stubbing our toe is another good example. Um, we just say, oh, no, I, I, oh, man, I banged my elbow last month. I banged it again this month. They're, they're separate occurrences. But when we come to, you know, um, sports injuries of all kinds, you know, we do like to kind of, even if they're years apart, say, oh, I re-injured it, right? And, so, again, sometimes that, that is true, but, but, but you get what I mean. 
um, they could be completely isolated incidences. Mm -hmm. I want to take a quick break to talk about run with happy feet. If you are dealing with a foot and ankle issue that is keeping you from running and racing, this is the website for you. So go check it out at runwithhappyfeet.com. Or if you want faster results, then book a free call with me so we can take a deep dive into your situation. You can book a call at runwithhappyfeet.com slash book dash call. Now back to the conversation. The way I view that is more as like traumatic versus those injuries that come on for no reason. Like if you, and, and I guess it kind of goes on that same example. Like if I walk through my door and bump my elbow, cause I cut it too close, which happens a lot. Um, <laughs> All of us. <laughs> then like, am I going to think of that as like a chronic recurring injury? No. Um, that person who just has really bad luck and has got taken out like two times in the past two years and broken a leg, like sucks to be you but it's not a recurring injury. Like like I said, bad luck. That person who does have the calf strain year after year, the hamstring strain year after year. Like, I think we like need to start taking a look at things as far as why does this keep happening? Because at at the end of the day, are all injuries preventable? Absolutely not. Things happen, but when they keep happening, similar injuries year after year, or maybe, injuries on the same exact leg year after year, we need to take a step back and start figuring out what is happening with movement patterns, muscle imbalances, asymmetries, you name it. That's, that's creating this thing to continue happening. That's, I mean, absolutely perfect. And, and like, um, and, and it is typically a movement pattern and something you just, that completely blew my example out of the water is what happens if you end up banging your elbow, clipping, you know, cutting a corner too close five, six times, you know, in a few months. Could that be actually a sign of, (laughs) of, of, you know, you know, it could be a movement or a, you know, more, more, you know, um, uh, sinister kind of, kind of thing going on. Right. And that could be a movement issue within and of itself, you know. Um, But, you know, getting back to the, you know, the sports stuff, like, um, yeah, like, we have to get to the bottom of, of why that's happening. And like you said, it could be just dumb luck. <laughs> I swear, I probably feel like I rip my toe off my, my foot <laughs> about once a week. On right? <laughs> um, <I'm betting> on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Jeez. I know these beds need to be different, but, um, uh, but yeah, you know, get, getting at the, the underlying cause of the dysfunction um, because, uh, if someone has a 10-year history of recurring calf I- injuries, then we could have a more sinister soft tissue issue, for sure, um, or we could just have this movement, this general movement issue um, that, that needs to be addressed. We need to be, like, it's overloaded, clearly. <laughs> and uh, they have a 10-year track record of that. And so now we need to look at, you know, what I love, what you do, and what I do. We're looking up and down the chain. We are looking... Um, uh, at adjacent things to see, you know, um, I'm a proponent of what's not working, you know, as opposed to necessarily what's tight, you know, I think things that have get tight because other things aren't working well, you know, generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Something else that's coming to mind with this is a comment that someone made to me or sent me recently who's been dealing with like injury after injury over the past several years. And 
um, she told me, she's like, I didn't realize until our conversations that I was even in an injury cycle. Like, thanks for helping me realize that. And so it really got me thinking about how many, how often are people getting injury after injury, maybe the same injury, maybe different injuries, but not relating them to each other or an issue. And they're just treating them as like separate incidents of, of bad luck. And it really got me kind of thinking about how to approach conversations differently. Wow. That, you know, kind of turns everything, you know, on its head that we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Because that's completely different than, than the same thing in the same area. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and I'm sure it happens all the time with you, you know, someone comes in for right hip pain and, you know, we're working on that. And then now, um, you know, they have left um, uh, back pain, left sided back pain, <laughs> you know, um, and, and my, my, or a history of that. And then, you know, they might not be relating the two, but those two are intimately related mm-hmm. um, and more times than not. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so, so as far as conversation goes, you know, um, how has it influenced the conversations and, 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 you know, what are you, you know, kind of, uh, I love those learning, learning moments. Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I can't remember the exact wording. I put a post about it, um, the other day and sent an email out as well, but kind of just like getting people to, I guess for me, just trying to figure out how to get people to think differently as far as like, have you had kind of the way I worded it and just the way I'm kind of thinking through it is like, have you had more than two injuries that have taken you out for more than a couple months in, in the past year? Like, have you had to take more rest days than you'd like in the past year? One of them, have you, is your therapist now your best friend? Um, <laughs> and it's like things like that as far as those things that people don't think about, but like as athletes, yes, injuries happen, but we shouldn't be getting injuries every two months, three months, six months, a year. Like that's not normal. And if we can break this, start breaking this pattern of people's thinking that, well, I'm a runner, so I'm going to get injured or I do this sport, so I'm going to get injured. And it's totally normal because I talk to so many other people and they're always injured as well. I think if we can start breaking these patterns of people and helping them realize like being injured a couple times a year is not normal. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot from what I'm realizing. I think it's going to take a lot more messaging for, and just kind of like conversations for people to really start understanding like these injuries, especially in runners, since that's primarily what I work with, like don't have to happen. Yeah. It's uh and it's such a mental shift, uh, not only for uh, clearly, you know, the ther- uh, physical therapist, but, you know, for the runner, because that's a tough thing to identify, obviously, when you don't, you know, have a lot of insight, you know, runners have insight into their body, but at the same time, they don't have that clinical understanding, you know, that we do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's the importance of, of working with a coach of, of all time, of all types, because, you know, we're that outside, you know, um, uh, uh, influence to, to, to understand that they, you know, oh, well, have you ever thought that these two things might be related? No, no, I had never, never thought of that, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I think that's the best, uh, kind of credit at times to, uh, to hire a professional to figure out what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and I, along that note, I think a lot of times, unless the, and they should be asking the clinician should be asking like injury history to find out everything. But 
because a lot of times I think stuff will be left out. Well, it's like my foot hurts. So I don't need to tell him about my shoulder and my hip and these other issues that went on five years ago because it's all irrelevant when in all reality, everything's related because your body's all connected. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, I, I've been saying this, like the whole it's all connected thing sounds so romantic and obvious right? You know, it's all connected, you know, that kind of thing. But really, really analytically looking at how it's all connected, I think it'd be so profound to people. You know, it's not just kind of lip service. It's like showing and demonstrating and the person seeing just how connected it is, right? You know, yeah. um, I saw a post from a, um, uh, I think he's an oral surgeon or something like that, um, you know, high profile on Instagram, that kind of thing. And he was sharing some research about how when they affected people's palates, um, the, the way they chew and bite, how um, things like plantar, fascia, plantar fasciitis and, and lower body injuries resolved. Mm -hmm. And I am, disclaimer, I'm not saying that that is the case 100% of the time. <laughs> but it is illustrating the point of, you know, it, it truly all being connected. And so yeah. getting that detailed medical history, which... I love, um, you know, how, how we do our thing, you know, uh, we're not just look at the foot, you know, we're asking, okay, top to bottom, what's going on. Yeah. On that note, I'm actually doing, I think I'm recording it maybe next week or two weeks from now. I actually, so it is coming up people. It's a bit, but it's coming up. Stay tuned. Um, I'm recording a podcast talking about, um, you can either call it the four arches or the four, four diaphragms. So from the bottom up, so the bottom of the foot, the pelvic floor, the diaphragm itself and the roof of the mouth and how connected like those four are so um yeah i'm super excited about that one wow please stay tuned for everyone please let me know when that uh you know what i know you always share share everything uh but please please let me know when that comes out i think that's so fascinating yeah and so um you know it it, it is this you know bigger picture we have to see both the trees and the forest you know i guess um all of us do um for our bodies and for others bodies um, to, to, to get a good, good idea, because, you know, I can 100% tell you that if, um, your clinician is simply only looking at the hip and not looking elsewhere, then we're missing, you know, the, the forest and yeah. too much in the trees. I recently recorded a video. I did it after, um, I did this example with a client. And then after I did it, I was like, I've never done this. Like, this is actually a really good description of how the body's all connected. I did it from the bottom down, but basically talk, um, was talking about like how the foot, um, if it's not controlled, right. And I think I did, if it's, if you're on the outside of your foot, how that impacts the knee, the hip, the low back. So, um, I, it's on my YouTube. I think it's called, I think it's just called the body is connected. Um, but it's just, I, it's a, just a step-by-step -step breakdown of how everything changes up the chain. If one little thing, um, for me, my, this example was for the foot, um, changes. So it's pretty cool in my opinion, I'm biased, um, but it's pretty <laughs> cool just kind of like see, like if this one little thing changes in the body, how everything else, um, up to your head essentially can be impacted. Oh, wow. Wow. I'm gonna have to check that out too. And everybody listening please check it out because, you know, we can, we can talk about how it's all connected and all that kind of stuff to the cows come home but until you see, you know, or hear, you know, a, a detailed illustration specifically on how that, how one thing is, you know, influences the next. Um, I mean, I think that's, that's huge. That's, 
people getting on their way to autonomy, which obviously, you know, autoness physical therapy, that's, you know, my biggest thing. So I'm going to check that out and probably be sharing that with my clients. I yes. appreciate that. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I've done some other ones recently. I did how the, kind of been having fun with it. Like they're just for like three to five minutes, but I did one recently on how um, big toe gets glued activation. Um, I just did one yesterday on pronation control. Um, I've kind of been having fun with kind of connecting the dots for people um, with these videos. Cause, cause who would have ever thought, you know, uh, you know, I'm talking about just kind of general population that as you, you know, um, I'm not quite sure about the big toe. I want to check that one out, but you know, I do know, I do know the whole arch in general, right? As soon as you activate that arch, how there is a reflexive action mm -hmm. at your glutes, how there is a reflection for reflexive action, you know, to your pelvic floor diaphragm and your quote unquote core. Um, and, uh, and how just simply by, you know, doing that, how we're forcing things to turn on that maybe otherwise, you know, you'd have difficulty with. Yeah. Oh, I think that's so cool. I'm a nerd too. Yeah. <laughs> It's good stuff to nerd out on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You know, my runners, you know, more times than not, um, and this is, you know, I, I, I think it's wonderful, like my runners will, will consider themselves a runner before they'll consider themselves a, mo a mother, you know what I mean, or, a, you know, whatever, banker or something like that, right? Like that is their thing. And so... Um, them building that insight, you know, is just so, so important because that's, that's what they, how they identify themselves, mm -hmm. um, which I, I really respect. Yeah, it's, it's really, and it's a tough thing. I had a conversation with a colleague of mine who um, was dealing with an injury and then was coming. <laughs> she was doing amazing, was back on the trails. And then she sprained her ankle. And last I heard or yeah. So she was out of running again and she's just like, seriously, <laughs> but, um, that through that conversation initially when she was out with her knee issue, um, it was a lot of that identity factor as far as like, I'm an athlete, I'm a runner. Like, this is who I am. Yes. She's a dietitian and yes, she's a girlfriend and she's a daughter and she's all these other things, but she's an athlete she's a runner. And she's like, that's what I am. I don't know how to identify if I don't, if I'm not able to do this. And, and it's so true with, with all runners, um, you know, all athletes in general, but, um, I see it a lot with runners. It's less like, I don't know, like it's who I am. It's what I do. And I don't know, like to find a different activity or, you know, to a new identity is tough. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, for the longest time I identified myself as, as an athlete, you know, that's what I was before anything else. Um, and, you know, which is why I think it's such a disservice in the, we'll call it general health community, that the first thing, the first piece of information somebody gets when they get injured typically is, oh, we'll stop it. Just, yeah. just stop running, you know, as if it's this frivolous thing, you know, but that's like telling a smoker, oh, just to stop smoking, you know, a smoker of like 20 years, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that sounds nice. And that's probably something that should happen, but it is not, not that gonna simple. Happen. That is not that simple in that regard. Just like it is not that simple to tell a runner to just, just stop, stop, you know, take, just, you know, get rid of your identity and find a new, a new one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, because that's akin for someone who, who, you know, is a, 
you know, um, proud, you know, I'm a, I'm a mother, I'm a father more than anything else. And now taking that away from, oh, just you know, stop being a father. No, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so, you know, and, and with the running aspect, you know, one, most of that is either not aligned or refuted by, by evidence of, of just stopping doing something and expect, expecting it to get stronger or better. You know, um, and so not only are we giving people bad advice, we're typically going against science when we give that advice, you know, uh, de depending on the situation, right? You fractured your femur, <laughs> uh, you should probably stop running for a little bit. At least temporarily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for, just for a minute, you know, but you have a calf pull or something like that. We, we need to keep, keep working. It's going to look different. It's not going to be a marathon, but um, you need to keep moving. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, abs uh, absolutely. There are times where, yes, you need to stop temporarily. Fractures uh, definitely need to stop. Sometimes even um, like tendonitis things may need to stop for a week or two, let things calm down and then reintroduce it properly as well as like getting stronger. But to most like maybe there's a small percentage of injuries that are like absolutely probably shouldn't run anymore majority of them that's not the case like typically just stopping running is not the appropriate answer no and that's definitely not gonna help you get back to running i mean let's just look at this you know critically <laughs> um and you know that isn't going to increase your endurance. It's not, I mean, that, you know, it, it's, it's a modality mm -hmm. and not the cure all for, for most conditions. Um, and that's what we need to need to understand. But, you know, again, a lot of people are given bad advice and even if it's not the clinician or whoever's intention, you know, you know, they're saying stop running period, not stay, hey, maybe lay off of it for a week or two, and see how it does maybe you know modify some stuff it's just stop doing that and i think that's just such a disservice in most cases um mm -hmm. for you know for most people um and then <laughs> the, the funny part just the tangent then when that same person because they stopped gained 20 pounds over the last year because they hadn't done anything have arthritis in their knee <laughs> because they haven't done anything then that same clinician is saying, oh, well, why aren't you moving more? Like, come on, you need to be doing stuff because now you're overweight. <laughs> and all, it's like, <laughs> we can have one or the other. We can't have both. <laughs> right? But at least there's a pill for that. <laughs> yeah, at least there's always a pill for it, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and too, like, yeah. along with that note, um, like, Okay, so someone stops running because their doctor told them you need to stop running and they never return to running. So then, like, the, the, the other way I see it is the child or the grandchild starts to dart into the street. You have to run after them and then pull something, strain something, injure something because your body has no clue how to do that movement anymore. Yeah, and you're completely deconditioned. Yeah. Um, and now you have to, I mean, and you know, I, I do think running is a functional activity. And, you know, do I think a 95-year-old woman, you know, who's never ran before should start running? Like, no, but there are aspects, you know, where we need to 
sometimes have a little bit of quickness <laughs> and, and and pep in our step, you know, to get it, to get out of dangerous situations to, you know, like you said, you know, a granddaughter's running in the street or a daughter's running in the street and you have to catch them and make a quick movement. You know, how many times, you know, when you're getting, you know, a glass or whatever out of your top shelf and something falls and you got to catch it real quick or it's going to shatter. That's a quick movement that you yeah. have to at least be semi-conditioned for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, so, you know, it is it is functional. Movement is, you know, um, or sorry, um, there, there are so many aspects to function um, that, that, you know, we need to, to, to adhere to and, and, and understand and be prepared for, mm-hmm. yeah. in my opinion. That, call me the, I'm the movement enthusiast and all that kind of stuff. I know you are too. <laughs> no, absolutely. And even just thinking like, I'm sure you're like me, people watch a lot when you're out in public and just watching people having trouble getting up from a chair or being able to get down on the floor and getting up from the floor and just doing some of these like simple, basic functions that as humans, we should be able to do. Um, It's pretty eye opening to kind of the state of our population. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when I first uh uh became a personal trainer before i you know got my uh you know, got my doctorate in physical therapy um i learned about the uh uh fms system mm-hmm. right and i was a great cook and uh you know they have some wonderful stuff out there and the first thing he said in the first video was how at some point the military modified i don't know if you've heard this before the military modified their shooting stance from a um, uh, was I think it was from a split stance to an upright stance and correct me as someone correct me if I'm wrong on that or from a prone stance to a split stance or something like that because they found so many people were overweight and obese going into the military that they just couldn't they couldn't get in the position oh my gosh oh that's what it was it was a squat they were in a full deep squat to shoot a rifle okay and so they had to change the protocols of things because they found out so many people couldn't achieve that that they went into the split stance i'm i'm i think i'm correcting myself oh my gosh yeah crazy um so talk about state you know you know of society and i'm sorry um if you are 40 plus you need to know how to um, at least have some strategies to get down from the ground to up because if you fall and you have no idea of how to get back up that's a very, very dangerous situation for you. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody and everybody, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Matt, this has been a great conversation. Any final thoughts before we close out? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, our message has, pretty been, cons- has been pretty consistent, and uh, we have it on our glass here in our facility. Um, and it's it's huge um, because it's a, it's a focal point. Never ever stop moving, right? Um, just those kind of principles. And again, we might have to modify what those things look like, what moving looks like. But you know, um, we need to keep moving, and that's everybody at all ages. I think that is kind of a uh, 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 a, a rule, <laughs> a general rule that we should live by, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I don't think we did anything too controversial today, so I don't think you'll get any hate emails this time. But if anyone wants to email you or wants to just find you, reach out to you, contact you, or want to know more about what you're about, where can they find you? 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think I think we're pretty good today. So <laughs> no, no hate mail. So so I'll give everyone my real my real information. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find us um, AutoNest Physical Therapy. That's A U T O hyphen N E S S Physical Therapy. Committed to your autonomy, happiness, and wellness. We're on all social media channels. Um, please, you know, reach out. Um, and you know, again, like if you. If anyone is out there and may have some different opinions on the things we're talking about, you know, I know, Brian, you have a growth mindset. Like, I'd love to have, have all three of us on and and have a conversation about it and just gain knowledge and information because that's better for everyone else. Absolutely. Well, Matt, thanks again for your time. This is really fun as usual, and we'll definitely do it again. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Brian. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode and got some great information from it. If you are looking for more great information, I encourage you to go check out getyourfixpt.com. There you can gain access to blog posts, other podcast interviews, my online programs, and the race prep masterclass, which is for you if you are a chronically injured runner with foot and ankle issues. Once again, that is all at getyourfixpt.com. And I hope you join us next week for another great episode.